appreciate that. We're going to go to the book of Romans. Book of Romans, if you will, chapter number 14. Romans chapter 14. The book of Romans. In chapter number 14. book of Romans chapter number 14 we're going to continue on in the series that we've been in in Wednesday night standards why bother the book of Romans chapter number 14 look at verse number one the Bible says him that is weak in the faith receive ye but not to doubtful disputations for one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servants? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand." One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Skip down to verse number 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with uh, with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Has thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I want to kind of highlight verse number 17, where the Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to talk tonight for a little while on the life that God rules. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, again, we just ask for your help, the power that only you can give, certainly clarity of mind and speech and boldness of the Holy Ghost, Lord, to preach the way you'd have us to preach, that liberty that can only come from the Spirit of God. We're thankful, again, for the crowd that's here. And I just pray, Lord, you would arrest our attention uh, by the preaching of your word. And Lord, you'd speak to hearts as only you can. We need your help tonight. We're trusting you to give it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. And please do be seated. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
there's been many, many books written on the subject of the kingdom of God, and I have really no desire to get into some type of a theological discussion tonight over that very subject. What we need to realize is that after the Apostle Paul wrote out some very great, great doctrinal truths in the first part of the book of Romans, he then began to lay down some very practical, practical truths for you and I. So as we talk about the kingdom of God, um, what is it that's being referred to here? If we're going to look at that, let's start off with a definition of kingdom. I looked that up, kingdom as a noun. It means the territory of country subject to a, to a king. The territory of a country that's subject to a, a king. It also means the inhabitants or population subject to a king. Uh, the Greek word, Greek word actually is basilia, if I am pronouncing that correctly. And abstractly, it means rule, or concre- concretely, it's a realm, and literally and figuratively, it's a kingdom and a reign. So what is talking about such, it's talking about such as the kingdom of Saul, the, the kingdom that he ruled over, the kingdom and the people over which Saul ruled and reigned. Or we could talk about the kingdom of David, King David. It would be the, be the kingdom and the people over which uh, uh, King David reigned. So when we talk about the kingdom of God, what, is, what would be the kingdom of God then? Well, it would be the sphere over which God reigns. It would be the, the, the sphere, the people over which God reigns. Um, we know that God is sovereign. Somebody say amen right there. We know that God is sovereign. It tells us in the book of Daniel that he ruleth the kingdom of men. So no matter how out of control this world may seem, God is sovereign. No, no, I'm saying that nothing's catching him by surprise. I'm saying that God is in control. Well, okay, preacher, fine. Then why is the world in the condition that it's in? Well, that's very, very simple. It's that way because people are in rebellion to the sovereignty of God. They don't want underneath the rule of God. No, 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 it's simple. People are in rebellion to the sovereignty of God. People are rebelling against God. Come on, God is not making all these, he's not the one making all these bad things happen. People are rebelling against his rule. And as they do that, it has thrown this world into utter chaos. I'm telling you, in a world where there, where there are drugs and drunkenness and adultery and fornication and incest and abuse and prostitution and murder and such like, men are in rebellion against the holy God. He doesn't want any of that stuff in our, in our world. He doesn't want any of that in the world, not at all. So many times in the scriptures, when it refers to the kingdom of God, it's referring to a place where people acknowledge the rule of God, where people actually acknowledge the rule of God. And I want to say that I thank God for, for congregations and families and men and ladies and boys and girls that acknowledge the kingdom of God or the rule of God, because God is to have rule in our life. Absolutely so. John 18, 36, the Bible says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. In Luke chapter 17, verse number 21, the Bible says, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. Okay, that that place where God should have reign and rule. It's within you. No, 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 I'm not taking the Bible out of context. It's very, very clear there, very clear. Is God sovereign over the USA? Yes, absolutely so. No doubt about it. Um, uh, Is God's sovereignty acknowledged in most of Americans' lives? Uh, No, it's not. It's very apparent by the way that that our country has, has gone. But Jesus said that where his sovereignty and rule and reign is acknowledged, that that is his kingdom. His kingdom is within you. His kingdom is within me. Every born again believer is in the kingdom of God. As born again believers, we are to voluntarily submit to the sovereignty, to the rule, to the reign that God wants us to have in our lives, that God wants to have in our lives. So the kingdom of God for us that are saved is his rule in our hearts. The kingdom of God. His rule in our hearts. Okay, I'm saying everybody, anybody in here, everybody in here really that's saved by the grace of God should be willing to stand up and testify that God is the king in their life and they are willing, uh, they're willing to humbly submit to his leadership. 
Come on, every born again, I'm going to say it again. Every born again believer should be willing to stand up and say, the Lord is, no, 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 God is, the, God is Lord. Jesus is Lord in my life. I am willing to submit to his reign. I'm willing to submit to his rule. I'm willing to submit to his leadership. Wherever he wants me to go, I'll go. Whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. Whatever he wants me to stop, I'll stop. Right there. No, you can't read the Bible and study the Bible and get any, anything else out of it. It's just as clear as it can be. It's clear as it can be. <clears throat> I am his. I am the subject. He is the master. Uh, uh, his kingdom is within me. And, and while the whole world, listen to me, please. While the whole world outside of Jesus Christ lives in rebellion to God, we do not. Do we? Do we? Because we do have the ability to rebel against His authority, don't we? We do have the ability to rebel against His rule in our life. And we know we're not supposed to live like that, don't we? Come on, born-again believer. You, you know you're not supposed to live like that. You know you're not supposed to live contrary to what He would have you to live. And we know too, we know what it's like where the devil rules, don't we? Oh, come on. We know what's, where it's like. We know what it's like where man rules, don't we? We're seeing it more and more in the United States of America, where, where man rules. Because all we have to do is read the papers or, or watch the news, and we, saw, we see all the murder and the suicide and the robbing and the maiming and the harming that goes on where people are not under the authority of God. <clears throat> Why does God let all this stuff happen? He doesn't want all this stuff to happen. He doesn't want it to happen. It's happening because people are not under the authority of a sovereign God. <clears throat> so the Apostle Paul makes a great point here in verse number 17, where he says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not meat and drink. So what is the kingdom of God not? Well, what's he doing? He, he's addressing a problem that they had back during this time. And the problem was that, 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 the, uh, that they were thinking, the thinking was that a man's spirituality could be judged by what he ate and drank. It could be judged by what he ate and drank. Okay. <clears throat> Let's say there's a couple of tables here, and this table over here has a oh, T-bone steak Amen. and a baked potato and uh, you know some 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 so a baked a baked potato and a steak. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I can't go any further. My my brain won't let me go any further than that. I mean, it's right there, you know, and and you know, you know, and a, and a good. Uh, yeah, and boy, that's that's nice. And there's a table over here, and it's got a tofu salad. I'm not even sure what tofu is. No, no, don't even come and try to tell me after the service. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. And so it's like, you know, well, you're you're going to be better off if you eat this over here. You're going to be, you know, if you if you did, I'm picking this over here. I'm sorry. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here and I'm going to enjoy this really good. I uh, might wash it down with Coca-Cola because I'm just kind of hooked on Coca-Cola and wash it down. And then after that, I might go find me a good cup of coffee somewhere and, and swig that on down to wash it down real good. I'm telling you, no, 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 no. Well, you weren't taking care. You're not very spiritual, are you? No, 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 that's, that's the way they were looking at things. Why are you eating that? Good grief, you eat that meat. You can't be very spiritual. And that's the way they were looking at things. Or by how they observed certain days. You know, whether they were... Come on, these, these Jews had been saved and they're not under the law anymore. Come on, they're not under the law anymore. They're under grace. 
And so they didn't have to observe the so-called holy days that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had set up back during that time. There were still those, but there were still those, there were still those that judged others by what they did or what they did not do on certain days. So they judged people by what they ate or what they did not eat. And they judged people by day, certain, certain so-called quote-unquote holy days. So what they were doing, they were judging a man's spirituality by what he ate or did not eat and, and what he did or did not do in those days, although they were no longer under the law. Well, why did they do that? Because, no, no, listen to me, because they had it in their minds that the way that they did things was right, and if anybody did to the contrary, they were wrong. You're supposed to be doing this this way. Well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm following Christ and I, I'm no longer under law. It doesn't matter. You need to be doing things this way. And if you're not, you're just wrong. No, that was the mindset of those of pushing these things that really had nothing to do with that. Judging men's spirituality by what they did or did not do. Well, that was bad, wasn't it? It was. But we have issues today, don't we? No, we do. We have issues today. We have our own issues today. Okay, let me just let me bring up one, just 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 one. There's a lot, but 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 to start with, um, Starbucks coffee and their support of the LGBTQ movement. I can't believe you drink that stuff. No, no. Somebody, somebody enjoys a good cup of coffee from Starbucks, and Starbucks, and they think, and and people look at them, and they're thought to be a reprobate. You reprobate! Can't believe you'd go and drink their coffee. I mean, never mind that Dunkin' Donuts supports the gay movement. I mean, because after all, somebody's got to have a place to go get a cup of coffee. You know. Dunkin' Donuts is not quite as open about it. So somebody goes to Starbucks and, 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 and the decision of some is that person just can't be spiritual. I can't believe that. Never mind the huge list of companies I could show you tonight and voice tonight that support the LGBTQ plus movement that we couldn't even hardly eat, drink, buy gas or do anything if we were going to boycott everything so we could be spiritual. Be spiritual. Yeah. So this guy's thought to be a reprobate because he has a cup of Starbucks coffee. But let's say there's somebody else and somebody offers them a, a, a Starbucks. Somebody tries to be nice and offers them a Starbucks gift card. Yeah, I've got a gift card for you so I can have a cup of coffee. That person goes, no, no, I'm not going to that place. Don't you know who they support? And somebody look at him and say, oh, what a spiritual man. Take a stand like that. What a spiritual guy. And some may think that's the kingdom of God. But is it? I mean, really? That made them spiritual? And, and let me say this: I, I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not. Uh, if somebody wants to, if somebody wants to, uh, if somebody, if somebody wants to, um, uh, not go someplace, I, that's their choice. It's fine. I'm not going to look at it either way. I'm not going to look at it either way. You want to boycott something? Boycott away. I have no problem with that. I don't. But don't think it makes you spiritual because you do. That is not the kingdom of God. And there's other issues. Well, like what, preacher? Like the issue of apparel. The issue of clothing. <clears throat> okay. If I would have walked 
onto this platform tonight in a really nice dress. I mean, no, I'm talking about a nice dress. I mean, nice, modest neckline up to here, hemline down to here, loose fitting, nice, I mean, nice, nice dress. Yeah, modest. Yep. You would have thought I'd gone crazy. And rightfully so. <clears throat> yeah. But here's the problem in our society today. Only men can cross-dress. No, it's true. In the minds of our society today, only men can cross-dress. Only men. What do you mean, preacher? Well, women cannot cross-dress because it's just politically correct to think that way. Uh, politically incorrect, I'm sorry, to think that way. That women can cross-dress. No, no, I'm saying a woman can wear anything in our society. Come on, don't lose me on this. Please don't lose me on this. I mean, women wear jeans, suit and tie, overalls. I mean, we go on, it's all accepted. I'm saying feminine or not, our society has grown to accept that. It's the way it is. But there are biblical principles about dress. Come on, I know this is a touchy subject. I know very well it's a touchy subject. If I wished everybody would have been here for a discipleship on Monday night because I addressed it for, I addressed it a lot. <laughs> it's a touchy subject. It's a very touchy subject. Truly. But there are some biblical principles that we should abide by in the distinction of the sexes. It's just true. I do believe in the principle of Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 5 where it says that, 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 that a woman shouldn't wear that which pertains to a man. No, 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 no. Don't you check out on me on that statement. You stay with me on all of this. I believe in the principle, I believe in that principle, but not just that a woman shouldn't put on a pair of pants, that a, but that a woman, sh that a woman, uh, but, but that a woman would want, that a woman should not want to put on men's apparel with the thought that it's going to make her feel like a man and look like a man to others. Okay, I feel like I've lost some of you here and I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose anybody here. But, but I am telling you, it, it's getting worse and worse, isn't it? And you, you go down to the Starbucks where I visit, I think I said something about it, uh, somewhere, somehow, that there's a fellow there that wears a dress and he wears his hair. And and most anybody that would walk in there would go, Mercy. But I've also seen women in there with men's apparel wanting to be a man which they cannot be. <clears throat> men are born men and women are born women. You can't change that. I don't care how much you do, you can't change that. But I have seen them in there dressed like a man. The apparel of a man, I guess, an, I guess enough testosterone injections that they're growing a beard. But they're not men. And they should not put on the apparel trying to be a man. Boy, it's going over good, isn't it? Adele's really going over good. That's just not right in the sight of God. Uh, okay, I, I, I told uh, I told discipleship crowd over and over, the other night, and, 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 and I'll just I'll throw it in here 
because I can't skip over things like this in the Bible just because people don't want to hear about it. I can't skip over it. Well, how come? Because I have been given the responsibility to teach and preach the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. And so I can't skip over things like that. No, no, there's supposed to be a distinction between the sexes. And we need to hear about it. The way that God puts it out there, we need to hear about it. And whatever we decide to do with it, that's between us and God. But we need to hear about it. I believe in the principle of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9 where it says that women are supposed to dress in modest apparel. Modest apparel. Uh, Okay, preacher, fine. Modest by whose opinion? Whose standard? Modest by whose standard, preacher? By God's standard. By God's opinion. And in reality, and I touched this Monday night also, but in reality with God, it's about holiness. It's about holiness. Well, where do you get that? Well, God created Adam and He created Eve and brought Eve to Adam and they became husband and wife and they were without apparel. They didn't have any apparel. I mean, none. You've read the Bible, right? They had no apparel. It didn't bother them a bit. Because they were husband and wife. Not a big deal whatsoever. Until they ate the fruit. And their eyes were open to a sin nature. And all of a sudden it was like, man, we need to cover up. So they got some fig leaves started making clothes. Come on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, come on. It was still just the two of them in the garden. Just two. Husband and wife. No need for them to be uh, modest with each other. Are you following me here? Well, what was the modesty all about? Um, Holiness. Who were they trying to cover up for? God. It was about holiness. Holiness. Oh, absolutely so. The modesty was about holiness. And so they built these little clothes and put them on with fig leaves. Wasn't enough. No, no, no. When God came along, He said, Hmm, I think I need to help you out with some clothing there. Boy, it's all going, just going over good, I can tell. Need to help you out some clothing, so I'm going to kill some animals for you and make you some clothing, cover you up a little bit better than that. Come on, it was just those two. It was all about holiness. Being holy in front of a holy God. Being modest in front of a holy God. Who are we supposed to dress for, Pastor? We're supposed to dress for God. Well, how come? Because we've been bought with a price. Because He owns us. Because He is a holy God. And he does, he does give the definition of nakedness, which we're not going to get into real deep tonight because I want to try to finish the rest of this message because I'm going to try to make a point with this because some of you are already very nervous about this and there's no reason to be nervous about it. Some of you are still nervous anyway, even though I said that. It's about holiness. If we would think that way about every part of our life, we'd probably live a better Christian life. But truly, we're to cover up our nakedness, men and women alike. Somebody say amen. We're to cover up our nakedness because of God. So we should dress, as we dress, we should dress in a manner that is pleasing to God's standard.
I, I know that it's not, again, I know that it's not real popular whatsoever, but, but I mean, according to God's standard, <clears throat> nakedness is the uncovering of the thigh. We're going to get deeper into this, okay? So I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to, try to do Bible study tonight, but we're going to get deeper into this. I'm not done with this. We're going to deep deeper in, 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 in weeks ahead. But God is the one that set that standard. And nakedness really is from the bottom of the knee until up over the shoulder. But as you very well have seen over the years, the hemlines get shorter and the necklines get lower. And parts of the body, parts of women's body are exposed out there that should only be seen by her husband. It's fact. True. Well, preacher, that's just not the fashion of the day. It's God's fashion. We need to decide whether he's more important or this world's more important. Or being fashionable is more important. No, 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 we have to make that decision. It's plumb embarrassing. It's getting worse and worse and worse out there, isn't it? You men ought to be backing me up on all of this, I guarantee you. It's like, well, man, I can't believe it. See, just look at all that stuff. You men ought to back me up on this. I'm telling you. It's getting harder and harder. I'm so glad. I used to be very glad when winter showed up. Because they'd start covering up. And then somebody out there invented leggings. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it on record and to everybody who's watching, I guess, leggings are not pants. Mercy sakes alive, I hope I don't faint before all this is over. <laughs> I said the other night, I, some of you were here, anyway, you, you get to hear it. But look, God created men the way we are. And men like flesh, And shape. All you men scared to death out there. But it's true. It's absolutely true. Why do you think the fashions of the world are all about exposing the flesh and exposing the shape? And it's not just that a tight pair of leggings are, are, are showing too much. I'm telling you, there can be a dress that's way down to the floor and be way too tight, can it? Way too revealing. <clears throat> yep. Yep. So as we dress, we should dress in a manner that's pleasing to God's standard. And by the way, nakedness is the same for men and women. I'll say it again, nakedness is the same for men and women. Bottom of the knee, top of the shoulder. That's why we set a standard for those that are going to be on the platform. Dress correctly. Oh, come, this is God's house. It's God's house. So we're doing our best to protect it. Well, preacher, I guess you think that everybody else is just wicked. Stop, stop. You haven't heard the rest of the message. Don't, don't you tune me out before you hear the rest of the message, okay? Please don't do that. Please don't. Because I know there's some, well, okay, so, I, I, you know, some just, some, some just think, well, 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 then what we're supposed to do then, preacher, if people dress, well, what we're supposed to do is we're to look at that person's apparel and we're to judge their spiritual, spirituality. Is that right, preacher? Uh, no. That is not right. Not even close to being right. Somebody say amen right there. 
It's not even close to being right. No, 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 no. That is not what I'm supposed to do. That is not what you're supposed to do. The principles of apparel have become clear, absolutely, to me and my wife. And let me go ahead and say this. I might as well just go ahead. You know, there was a time in our life years and years ago that my wife came to this place where she knew that God did not want her to wear pants. She came to that place. No, no, I'll never forget it. I was preaching a Sunday morning service at a small church in Moore, Oklahoma. Her and I went over there. I got up, taught Sunday school, preached the morning message, didn't say anything about apparel at all. And my wife came down to the altar, spent some time at the altar that morning. We had lunch with the pastor and his wife. We got in the car. We were headed back to the house. We weren't very far from the church property before my wife said, God's been dealing with me and he doesn't want me to wear pants anymore. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't do that. Not at all. I, I, didn't ever, I never forced that. She was nursing at the time. She would wear her scrubs to work. About the only time that she was, anyway, she wore scrubs work, so she went out, bought some material, and she bought she, some scrub material, and made long skirts to wear to work, working in ICU. She, she, made, she made scrub culottes to wear to work. Welcome, because she absolutely believes that God didn't want her to wear pants anymore. Well, I just don't think that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't you do that. There's, there, are, there are ladies in this church that God has spoken to them along the way about not wearing pants. And they said, yes, Lord, that's what I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. No, no, you can't tell me that God hadn't spoken to them. I mean, what other reason would there be? So, I mean, let's not battle back and forth on this, Okay. And she knew that God didn't want her, so she did that. And she'd go to work, and people would make fun of her. There were times she came home crying because of the way she was treated, because she wore skirts and, 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 and culottes instead of wearing scrubs. She got to a place where she learned, she worked in ICU, she got to a place where she learned that that she could have a long skirt on and still jump up on somebody's bed and pump their heart when they needed that and be modest about it. I thank God for it. Well, I guess that just, you think that makes your wife more spiritual? Stop! Stop it! No! I don't. I think it makes her obedient to God. Because just because she just because that she was bombarded on the job site, she didn't say, Well, I've had enough of that. I'm just gonna go back and wear my scrubs. She knew it's what God wanted her to do. This is not an unclear issue in, in, in my life. Just like the issue of meat was not unclear in Apostle Paul's life. I mean, he went so far to say that he'd never eat meat if it was going to be offensive to some people. Come on, could Paul eat meat and be right with God? Absolutely so. But he said, I, I, I don't want to offend anybody with my meat. He had a deep personal belief about, uh, a deep personal belief about meat in his own personal life. But he proclaimed he was not going to destroy. Listen to me. He proclaimed he was not going to destroy the work of God over meat. I'm not going to destroy the work of God over meat. No, 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 no. Verse number 20 right there. For meat, destroy not the work of God. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And as pastor... I'll continue to challenge women with femininity because it's my God-given responsibility to do so. Listen to me, please, but to tear up a church over women wearing pants would be ridiculous on my part and not very Christ-like. I have no right to make anyone do anything. 
There are standards that we have for the platform. There are standards we have for our Sunday school teachers. There are standards that we have that's not any different than if you work someplace and they had some type of address code. Not any different. It's not any different. I'll say it again. It's not any different. But I'm not going to try to force anybody to do anything because it doesn't work. I'll say it again. It does not work. If they're not doing it because of their heart, it really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Don't get me wrong. I believe what the Bible teaches about dress standards. I do, but to tear up the work of God and alienate myself from some weaker Christian because they've not yet surrendered themselves to Bible standards, that'd just be wrong. In fact, it'd be very pharisaical of me to do so, to look down at somebody, look down my nose at somebody because they're not there. Come on, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. The kingdom of God is not skirt and pants. It's neither of those. Not at all. No, 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 no. But if we are letting, listen to me, but if we are letting God rule in our life and we care more about others than our own desires and we're concerned about causing the weaker Christians to stumble, we are going to be abiding by the principles of this book. And if I'm where I'm supposed to be, it's not going to matter what anybody else does because I'm going to go on and serve God the way that I'm supposed to serve God. It, it is possible, listen, it, 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 it is possible for someone to abstain from meat and eat only tofu and still be as wicked as the devil. The, the kingdom of God is neither. Come on, it is very possible for a woman to dress just right and be an evil, loose-tongued Jezebel, isn't it? Yes. Definitely so. Yeah. So um, the question would be, are you doing what God wants you to do for Him? Are you doing it just to make yourself look good or please somebody else? I want people to do what God would have them to do because if I fall over dead day after tomorrow, I want them to keep doing what God would have them to do and not what Bill Marshall wanted them to do. That's what I want. It's my heart's desire. Absolutely. But we're talking about the life that God rules. Have we got a little more time since I got over the hardest part? Have we got, would you give me a little more time? I think I can get my heart rate down and preach the rest of this message. Or give me a little more time. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not meat or drink. What is it? Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God. Come on, the kingdom of God is within you. Somebody say amen right there. Come on, come on, loosen up, loosen up. Well, preacher, I, I, I thought he was going to try to get us to change and all this. Now, well, then you can just be over being nervous, okay? The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So let's stay with the practical teaching, really the practical teaching that the Apostle Paul was doing here. Righteousness is just rightness. It's rightness. It's doing things the way that God would have us to do things. While the kingdom of God is not these things that we talked about, if I'm letting God rule my life, His righteousness will lead me to the right side of these issues. Come on, somebody might say, see, I told you, I told you. I'm, I'm glad the preacher brought that out. I told you. I, I knew the issue of dress standards. It was just a non-issue. No, 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 no. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. The rightness of God working in my life and me submitting myself to Him will not end up in, it will not end up with me doing whatever I want to do. No, it will end up with me considering others and wanting to please a holy God. I want to please Him. The consideration of others for the glory of God is the issue and the righteousness of God will lead me to do what He wants me to do and will manifest by rightness when I'm doing what He wants me to do. It will manifest by rightness. But not only righteousness, but peace. But peace. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace. Verse 19 says this, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. So the rightness of God 
will lead you to do things that will not create a stumbling block for those weaker than you. And it will lead you to do things that will keep peace in the house of God. In, 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 a, in a life where God rules, it's not so much, please get this, it's not so much the abstinence of this or the abstinence of that, but it's, it's the pursuit of something that will edify somebody else, that will help somebody else. Come on, that will build up somebody else, that will encourage somebody else. Uh, truly, come on, the me generation, the me generation has moved into the house of God and people seem to be more concerned about their Christian liberty than benefiting the work of God. But God wants us to be in pursuit of that which will help others pursue peace instead of your own way. Look, maybe if every time you turn around you're in conflict with somebody else, maybe, just maybe, it could be that there's an indication that God is not ruling your life. I mean, if your conflicts are against the world or the flesh or the devil, praise God for those. But if you always seem to be conflicting with some brother or sister in Christ, maybe it's an indication that you're not being ruled by a sovereign God. Very possible. Well, I'm telling you, preacher, they just don't do things the way that I think that they should be done. You know, probably, just probably, just it could very well be. Probably, maybe, just maybe, you don't do everything just the way that Jesus says it should be done. Maybe. I mean, what if he demanded of you the way you demand of others? What what, what if he never showed mercy to you because of your weaknesses? I mean, I mean, we are supposed to be concerned about the well-being and peace of others, aren't we? It's hard to help people if you're busy running them off. Some will begin to belittle and berate others because uh, somewhere they have done them wrong. But probably if we looked really, really hard, we could probably find someone in their life they had done wrong. We want everything done just our way and we want to blast those that aren't doing it, but that's not very Christ-like, is it? It's not, I said it's not very Christ-like. It's not very Christ-like. I mean, what if He had taken on that attitude when they were trying Him and when they were crucifying Him? I mean, what if He had spoken up at that time and said, well, I tell you, I haven't done anything wrong, but you better, you better stay away from those disciples of mine because they just mess up all the time. You, you need to stay away from them, those wicked sinners. But the Lord wasn't that way, was He? No, not at all. So where God rules, where God rules, there's a pursuit of peace. But it says also that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Some people are just naturally upbeat all the time. Saved or unsaved, man. I mean, they're just upbeat, happy-go-lucky all the time. I mean, it's just people like that make me a little nervous. <laughs> anyway, just happy-go-lucky. Everything's just good, good all the time. Everything's wonderful, good all the time. And others may be very melancholy, you know, sad, depressed, down in the dumps. But joy in the Holy Ghost doesn't have anything to do with our circumstances. has nothing to do with our circumstances. Okay. Uh, I like to play golf. I really do like to play golf. And there have been times along the way that I played very well and was excited about doing so. I mean, come home and just brag to my wife, follow her around the kitchen, trying to tell her all about it while she doesn't care anything at all. I'm trying to tell her she's trying to act like she's enthused and excited about it and she's not at all. But I'm excited about it because I finally had a good round of golf. I mean, I like to play golf, and it was, you know, sometimes, man, it's just good. I was excited about doing good. I used to collect pocket knives I, I, and I, I, uh, on a regular basis, I, and I've got, I've got, uh, I've got pocket knives. I've got, 
some pocket knives at home. I've got pocket knives. <laughs> and there were times that I made deals on pocket knives to get with some old knife trader and make deal and trading pocket knives back and forth. And I made deals. There were times I made deals and it was, man, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I came out on top of that deal. That brought me happiness when that would happen. Real happiness. Okay, let me get back to something that really wakes up the Baptist in. I really enjoy going down to Hoof and Horn and, and enjoying one of those delicious fillets they have down there. Yeah, back over to the steak. I mean, enjoying one of those delicious fillets, mercy sakes alive. Hallelujah. I like going down there and doing that. I usually leave very content from the hoof and horn. Uh, but doing those things does not have anything to do with my joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Has nothing to do with my joy in the Holy Ghost. No. But isn't it wonderful when you're reading your Bible and God's really talking to you? Oh, come on. Isn't it great when you're praying and you know you're getting answers from God? Isn't it wonderful to be talking to somebody about the Lord, know that the Spirit of God's helping you by bringing things to your remembrance scriptures to your remembrance and you see God working in that person's heart I mean isn't it just amazing come on isn't it just amazing the way that God works and like that yeah isn't it wonderful to come to church and to sing songs and 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 listen to the special singers get up and sing and and maybe to the point you just want to stand up raise your hands to a holy God because of what he's done in your life I mean isn't it amazing just glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm on the winning side. Isn't it joyful when, when, when some preacher's taken a passage of Scripture and opened it up and made it come alive and you know that God's met with you and spoken right to you? I mean, isn't that joy in the Holy Ghost? The things that only God can do in our life. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. We just need to make sure that we're living a life that God rules. That we're living a life that God rules. Preacher, are you trying to make that? Stop, 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 stop. You stopped somewhere along the message and you didn't get it. I'm not trying to make anybody do anything. I'm putting it out there the best way I can, which probably isn't the best that could be done, but I'm putting it out there the best that I can with great hopes that God will use it Because we are supposed to be a separated people. We are supposed to be different from this world. And however God may deal with you about all that I would want as your pastor is just for you to do whatever God wants. Well, I guess because you're just going to look down and... Good grief. Heavens to Betsy, how long have you been around me? Have you ever, ever, ever had me look down my nose at anybody just because they... Anything. I have no right to do that. And neither do you. No right to do that. And I don't want to do that. Not at all. I want to edify. I want to exhort. I want to build up. Come on. I want to help people with the Word of God. But I'm not going to compromise what the Word of God says. I'm just not going to compromise. I can't do it. 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 If I was going to do that, I might as well sell cars. And so I'm going to do my very best, Brother Doug, to reclaim the Word of God in such a manner that I'm not looking like some type of a pope demanding of people because that's not my place. Yeah. 
but it is my place to declare the whole counsel of God. And what people do with that, that's between them and the Lord. And I tell you, no, no, no. I was talking to somebody today. I was talking to somebody today about different things that are going on and different things and things are struggling. People are struggling, all these different things. And I kept saying, I'd be talking, I'd say, but I love these people. And, and these people are, are struggling, but I love these people. And somebody else that's just, but I love these people. And I do, I do. I mean, God has given me a love for this church. I want to see everybody do well. Come on, you don't have to fight with your pastor, okay? I'm going to say it again. You don't have to fight with your pastor. You don't have to feel like, well, I tell you, I'm, but I'm not going to do that. That's between you and God. It's fine. I will still love you just as much as I did whether you did or not. No, 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 no. That, it's not my place. I am not the judge. I'm thankful I'm not the judge. I'm thankful. I'm just a messenger. That's all I am. But I couldn't stay in the ministry if I didn't preach the whole Bible. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep at night. I, I couldn't live with myself. There's just no way. There's no way. And I knew that when God laid this series on my heart, I was like, oh, no. And that's why I've approached it the way that I have, talking about God's standard. Because He does have a standard. And he has a standard. I want you to understand this. We're going to talk some more about clothing. Not tonight, but we are. I want you to understand this. God has a standard even about clothing. I know it's not a popular subject in today's society, but it's in the book. So we're going, we're going to address it. We're going to address it. Well, I tell you, I just don't, I don't want to come back. I, won't, I don't want to let that... Don't be that way. At least be open to listen to what God says about things. Then you decide what you're going to do with it. And after the preaching's done and the altar call's given and all that, we'll go have a cup of coffee together and visit and fellowship. Come on, you're going to stand before God one of these days and give an account of what you have done with what you know. And I'm going to stand before God one of these days and give an account of what I preached and taught to you. I just want to make sure I'm doing what God wants me to do. Yeah. As we work to follow God's righteousness, let's make sure we're doing it in the right spirit. You are not more spiritual than someone if your standards are higher than theirs. Oh, I'll say it again. I'll say it again. You are not more spiritual than someone if your standards are higher than theirs. It just means you've been obedient to God. And we'll never go wrong being obedient to God. At all. And as God works in our lives through His Word and through His Spirit, let's just make sure that we're coming down on the right side of things. His side. That as God deals with us, that we are just going to say, Yes, Lord. We're going to deal more with this in the week ahead, weeks ahead. But I don't want anybody leaving this place tonight saying, well, I guess we know where this preacher stands now. Mercy sakes alive. I decided years ago that I would never get upset with somebody whose standards were higher than mine. Oh, I know people whose standards are higher than mine. People who wouldn't dare have a television set in their house. People who wouldn't dare have a Christmas tree in their house. Oh, I could go on and on with that list. If that's the way they feel that God has led them, I'm for them. No, I'm absolutely for them. 
Absolutely so. Yep. I'm just doing my best to tell you what I feel like God wants me to tell you. And I love my church. And I sure ain't talking about the building. I love my church. I just want you to do whatever God would have you to do. That's my, that's my biggest desire. I promise you that's true. It's true. Yep. Stand with me for a minute. Would you stand with me? Father, bless this time. The word's gone out. I've tried to preach the way that you would have me to do. Lord, I don't know how you've spoken to people's hearts. I, I don't know what they may be struggling with. It may have nothing to do with clothing. It might have to do with their spirit. I don't know how you may have spoken to people, but we'd just be amiss not to open the altar for a few minutes and give people an opportunity to respond. And I pray that they will. If you have spoken to people tonight, I pray that they'd take a moment and they'd bow a knee and they'd ask for your help, that they do business with you. Just bless these few moments ahead. We pray and thank you for your goodness. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play. Some have come to the altar. You need to come to the altar. Why don't you? Why not? Yielded to God. Whatever God wants. Whatever God would have you to do. Just don't say no to God. Don't say no to God.